Hey everyone, this is Amos for Just Being Amos Podcast. I have Brad from the Confirm Epic Review Podcast. We're going to talk about Marvel Now, which is the fall lineup for their upcoming titles. And also, we're going to talk about San Diego Comic Con in day two. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone, this is Amos for Just Being Amos Podcast. Today, I have my guest, Brad, from the Confirmed Epic Podcast. What up, Brad? What's up, Amos? I'm proud to be here representing uh, DGWW.com, GeeksWorldwide.com. Man, I have not been able to do much of my own stuff. I've been so busy with work stuff. Some people may know in my when I'm not fighting crime as a Cape Crusader, I'm a school teacher and I'm getting ready to teach a brand new AP class. So that's been taking up most of my time. But it's good to just get away from Mac and uh, be graciously accepted as a guest on your podcast. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. I appreciate you inviting me last time on your podcast. I really appreciate that. It's a good time, man. Yeah, of course it is. It was a good time. <laughs> So, um, Brad, have you been paying attention to um, with Marvel now, fall um, lineup lately? Yeah, I have, man. I went. I was actually at the beach the day that they released Civil War number three. They didn't have a midnight launch at this uh, comic book shop at Polly's Island, South Carolina, where I was staying. I actually had to drive over to Myrtle Beach. But I had to read Civil War Three, which I know you talked about last week on your last podcast. And I oh, didn't yes, even, indeed. I didn't even read any of the stuff on the internet. I just waited to have the comic book store open. I left uh, my in laws, drove thirty minutes to Myrtle Beach to get uh Civil War Three. And yeah, I know you got this too, but we got the little Marvel Now, which it should say Marvel Now too. It's just this has got an explanation point. With all the fall lineup, just another relaunch from Marvel, man. Yeah, you're right, right. Yeah, I had a little rant on um, like last week about Civil War three, issue three. Yeah, I like. <laughs> I was it, not happy. I know this isn't a Civil War three podcast, but I I was on the edge of my seat that whole damn issue. I text you while I was on vacation. I was like, you gotta read this. You have to read it. It was polarizing though. It was. I mean, like I said once before, man, to me, I know he's a good writer. I mean, Bendis, but oh, yeah. it seemed just like a shock value. You know, I mean, you killed off one A-list already. Well, I won't say A-list, but you killed yeah. off a war machine. Yeah. She-Hulk, I don't know if she's dead or not. Now you got the um, Incredible Hulk, Bruce Banner, he's dead. And Hawkeye was the killer. It kind of ties into what we're talking about. They got to kill all these people off so they can set the landscape for the new divided we stand Marvel now because every after Civil War, basically you got our Civil War two now. You're going to have like a reconstruction period, I guess, in the Marvel Universe. I guess that's the history teacher coming out me when everybody's going to be freaking pissed off at one another. And there's going to be a lot of heroes we don't recognize. 
Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of heroes we don't recognize. You're gonna see some old heroes too, but most yeah, of the heroes yeah. that they showing on the other side are younger. Yeah, it's like I joked with you on my podcast. It's gonna be next year's relaunch is gonna be Marvel Babies exclamation point. But <laughs> I, I want to ask you something because I know we're about to dig deep into this and kind of talk about what we're looking forward to. But Axel Alonso, who is the editor-in-chief over at Marvel Comics, who goes on comic book resources every week, does a sit-down with them, Axel in charge, which is very cool that he does that. However, he has been harping on they're they're going to a season model. So these relaunches are going to happen every year. One, calls number one, sell a lot. But two, he says, yeah, we're – it's." It's gonna, everything's in continuity. Everything's going to continue. But think of it as a new season of a TV show where you can jump on if you're a new watcher, but there's history if, you're a pre, if you've been keeping up with the show. What do you think about that? Does that translate to comics, man, the season model? Well, you know, uh, remember uh, Josh Wheaton Buffy um, ended, and they also did the season model. You know, yeah. season nine, you know, they did it. It, it could work. But that was a TV show a, first, though. I know, but instead it transferred to the comic book. But it yeah. could work. You no, know, like he said, continuity. They still got the continuity. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I mean, I, I don't like the season thing, man. You know, some seasons can go on forever, you know. Supernatural, for instance, 12 seasons. But, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I'm really ready for that. Honestly, I'm not. There's some, like, you know, sense of legacy and sense of purpose. Like, when you look Action Comics 963 or Detective Comics, you know, 800 or whatever. Yeah, it's 9-something right now. 937, I think. I know it's daunting, but still, it gives your title, like, a gravitas, too. I mean... Amazing Spider-Man's like on what issue fifteen now when it should really be on seven hundred something. Seven hundred something, yeah, seven hundred something. Even for Thor, Thor's supposed to be in the six hundreds, I believe. I mean, yeah. You so know? I, you know what I like? I like when they had the original number, but they would do like if every time it was a jumping on point, it would be like six hundred point one or six twenty five point one. Just to let new readers, hey, this is a jumping on point. I like that. Did you like that? Yeah, I like that much better, you know, uh, because as a reader, you know, you jump on it. Because, like you said, most little characters, Thor, Spider Man, Batman, uh, Spider, not Spider Man, Spider Man's man, are really up there in numbering. And we have new readers coming aboard. It's it's pretty cool to have that point one. You know, and it's it's a jumping on point for a new reader, man. You know, you can't really go back and read all those books, man. You you go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> to be especially with you, those man. old like Stan Lee books. It takes like thirty minutes to read one issue. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty good to do that. But I was saying it's like a season, whatever. Um, I really don't like that. I mean, I think just like you said, get back to the original number. You know, like they did, they have the uh, detective comics like that now, and yeah. action comics is back to another ring again. Yeah. And and Marvel got away from that, man. It was like every year, almost every two or three years, probably every year, they changed the numbering, man. You know, that's hard to one keep. One minute, it is, it is hard. 
My thing is like with the point one thing you said you like that. I really like that. It says, "Hey, here's your jumping on point for new readers," but at the same time, it doesn't alienate people who have been reading for years and years, where they've been reading ten years or fifty years. That is true. That is true. You know, speaking of um, new books, you know, I was looking at um, Marvel now, but um, the solicitation for it, right? Yeah. Now you have some ongoing titles. Mm-hmm. Now you also got another Avenger book, one point one or one point uh, once again. Another Avenger title. I like I like this man. Can, I, I gotta tell you why I like it. All right, so they're doing this Avengers one point whatever, but those this is just my understanding. Like I don't have anything concrete. Maybe this is just how I'm interpreting it. These are gonna be the classic stories. So we're going to be kind of looking back to that Silver Age, your Iron Man, your Hulk, you know, your Thor, your Wasp, all those guys working together. And you're still going to have an updated roster, too. Right. So that's your speculation? That's my speculation. I think, like, those are going to be, like, almost history books in a way. Like, yeah, it happened. But here's an updated version with updated storytelling, updated art of our classic take on our most classic characters. That way, if you want the old school stuff, it's there. I see what you're saying. You know, speaking of um, Avengers 1.1, it's also Occupy Avengers. Now, on that front cover, there's there's Hawkeye. Now, we read Civil War 3, Issue 3, Civil War 2, Issue 3. He's been arrested. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So... I guess this book, I'm doing speculation. I'm speculating now that this might be his book, you know. Who knows? It might be his book. Him but going back to the Him and Luke Cage, I think. Right. More That's more of the street uh, level heroes, right? But but back to Avengers, though. Um, Mark Wade is writing Avengers 1.1, and he's writing Champions, and he's writing another <laughs> Avengers book. So Mark Wade is a busy man for right now for Marvel. For a person who's like the creator of Boom Studios, this guy's really doing a lot of writing for Marvel upcoming fall, man. He's writing Archie, man, too, for Archie Comics. And Black Widow. I forgot he's writing Black Widow. <laughs> he's like, so he's really this. busy. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's really busy, man. And I, I like Mark Wade work, man. I'm kind of interested in reading The Champions. That's one of the other books coming out from Marvel now. Only because they have um, Miles Morales and Miss Marvel and Nova. Now, these are characters that was also in the um, all-new, all-different um, Avengers. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm kind of seeing how, what, what direction they're going with The Champions. Like I said, Champions was like a book way back then, way back. They had like, Ghost Rider, Iceman, Hercules, Black Widow. I mean, you had heroes like that in the lineup. And right here, you got Scott Summers, young Scott Summers, mm-hmm. Cyclops, Vision's daughter, I don't know her name, um, her, Nova, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Miss Marvel, and you got Almost Dead's Cho as Hulk. So you're excited, I, you're excited for champions. You're going to be adding this to your pull list this fall. I'm I'm add that to my pool. It's only to check it out. I'm kind of intrigued by it, you know, because it's it's most it's, it's younger heroes. You know what I'm saying? 
They are some are kind of seasoned vets once you look at them because they was part of the Avengers team, and also Cyclops, that young Cyclops was in space with his dad, and you know they had so much going on, you know. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested in picking that up too. What about you? Man, champions, I'm not interested in it. I'm just I enjoyed all new, all different Avengers. Okay. It's not gonna be like a memorable run on the Avengers, except for the fact that it was a, you know, a diverse and younger updated take on uh the Avengers roster. But as far as champions, I don't think I'm going to – I mean, I'm sure it's going to be good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really like Amadeus Cho Hulk, and I like Miles a lot. Miss Marvel, she's okay. I don't like her as much as everybody else does, but I, I like her. The the one I'm really looking forward to I'm, – I'm really excited about Occupy Avengers. If we're talking Avengers books, that's the one I want to pick up because – and I know we're going to talk about San Diego Comic-Con later on – like Axel Alonso, I read this today on CBR, comicbookresources.com, is saying what you just said. This is the street level characters. This is nobody on this team's gonna have powers. Yeah, they're gonna be led by Hawkeye. I think Luke Cage is gonna be in there. We don't know who else. And they're basically going across the country into not just staying in New York, although I'm sure they'll be in New York, and they're like writing they're basically social justice warriors. I right. like this concept. I do. But is it going to get, and you and I talked about this on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, is it going to get too political? Because I don't want to get too political, but I just feel like that's going to be damn near impossible with that book, you know? You might be right. It could be it could get political, you know? And I'm not, I don't want to read my comic books that's all political. That that much of anyway, but I mean, this is the landscape we live in these days, as far as the comic book goes, man. Because Marvel mostly right now are doing a lot of, like I said, diversity, yeah, <laughs> political political issues and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, and there's not. nothing wrong with that. And I mean, I'm the one that say also, you know, I'm I'm an advocate for for diversity. You need it. Yeah, you know that's what America is really about about diversity. But I'm not going to get in politics right now after the RNC. But I mean, <laughs> I, just, I, I, I don't want to get in politics either. You know, I watch the RNC. I'm gonna watch the DNC next week. Just cause I'm a history buff, man. Like I keep up with all this stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, I, my major was in history and political science, so I mean, I understand, and I mean, I don't really want to get dead into that. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I just. It does feel like, and I'm not making no political statement whatsoever, I'm not saying DC is not progressive, but it does feel like Marvel has established themselves of the more progressive of the big two. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I agree. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying like they have taken that mantle of, hey, we're pushing our characters forward into the 21st century Century when it comes to race, when it comes to gender, when it comes to socioeconomic stuff. Like, they have really been the champion of that cause, to steal a phrase from one of their titles. But um, what else are you excited for in here, Amos? Anything else that, like, really stuck out to you besides the Champions book? 
what really, really stuck out to me really is the death of X. Now, I want, I want you to listen real carefully now. All right. The death of X. Now, I looked at this, and I read on it, and this is the eight months gap after the Secret Wars, and everybody said, what, and Cyclops died. And, you know, after the Secret Wars were done, the X-Men said, Cyclops died. I said, I'm, living, I'm, I'm reading this. What the hell happened to Cyclops? So this book's kind of filling the, filling the gaps I, I was reading. It's written by Jeff Lemire and um, someone else. Who's the other writer? It's two writers. It's writing. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I like Jeff Lemire writing. You know, he did um, all new Hawkeye. And um, he also did some more work. Oh, Charles Soul. Charles Soul is writing it. Oh, right. He did also Sensational She-Hulk and some more stuff. He Death did Death, yeah, Death of Wolverine. Yep. Yeah, and um, I, I like his work. But the death of, death of X, it takes place eight months after Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is saying, well, well something happened. And Cyclops is not around. He's something happened. And my speculation, he probably sacrificed himself. But it re- it's really crazy because in Secret Wars, he went up against Dr. Doom, used the Phoenix Force, thought he killed Doom, then Doom wiped him out of existence. <laughs> that was my favorite part of Secret Wars. <laughs> it's just like, screw you, dude. You're dead. Cyclops always gets the raw end of the damn deal, don't he? Yeah, he, yeah, he does, man. He does. So Death of X to me is kind of kind of the one I want to read also. And I was looking at the solicitation, man. I did not see any X titles. Yeah, me either. But they said they're going to continue. That's what they said. That's what they said now. I mean, I, I know they're trying to push these inhumans, man. I mean, to the forefront of Marvel. I, I, mean, I understand that. I don't think you know they're pushing I mean? them as hard now. Have you noticed they've kind of stepped back on that? Like they a little bit. They're not doing the Inhumans movie as far as they said they're gonna do it, but there's not a set date anymore. So I don't think they're as hell bent on pushing them to the forefront of their catalog like they were a year ago. Yeah, because they were pushing it really hard. They were yeah, pushing they were. it really hard to make them the forefront of the, um, that power set to replace you know, mutants, of, pretty much. Right, right, right. Because once you look at them, their power set is almost more more of the mutants they are alike, you know. Yeah. And um, and, you know, with Agents of Shield, oh, yeah. in human tag, that really was trying. Marvel was trying to push it, man. That last year and a year and a half ago, you know. Now, they really are not pushing the humans like that. Like like you said, they're not. But I'm kind of um, interested in reading the death of Vexy. What happened in that eight month span? Here's what pisses me off, though. It's like you get this whole – it was free. Yeah, but you know they spent a lot of money putting this out. You get this whole shiny previews book, man. Nice, thick, pretty book here. And the only X-Men mention you get is Death of X. And then, like, five days later, three days later in a press release, oh, yeah, X-Men titles will be continuing. Extraordinary X-Men and things like that. It's like, what the hell, man? Like, y'all screwing the people that brought you to the damn dance. And I totally agree. And, you know, they kind of, they had to like, retract themselves. Oh, man, we put this out. We ain't saying anything about the X-Men. You know, oh, I don't do get too many X-Men cool. books. I don't get too many X-Men books like I used to. Yeah. Uh, I'll get the all-new Wolverine because I like X-23. And, um, but... 
to me, that's another book I'm going to pick out. And another book that I was really, really was stoked about after hearing seven hours ago, seven hours ago, is Nova. Oh, yeah. Well, he was teasing yeah, at the back of that book, too. Yeah, he was. And I was like, oh, man, Richard Ryder's coming back? Nothing against Sam, you know. But I I grew up on reading Richard Ryder Nova, man. We with the New Warriors, you know what I'm saying? And then he had his solo title. You know, he really, really caught my attention during the Annihilation Wave. That was the first time that I really kind of caught on to him. And I wasn't reading Annihilation, but one of my best buds were, he's like, this guy's a badass. And I was like, well, he he is. Yeah, he is a badass, man. And the thing is, when he was on Earth with the New Warriors, he he didn't really do much of anything. You know, he had powers and everything. But once he left Earth and went to the um, the universe, to the cosmic um, Marvel, Mm-hmm. And it, it goes on with the writers. The writers did an excellent job writing Richard Ryder as Nova, man. And I really, really enjoyed the whole Annihilation and the Cosmic Marvel. I loved it. You know, that when Guardian of the Galaxy was reintroduced to the uh, Marvel uh, fold. Yeah. You know, you had um, Dan Abner. Like, he put them on the map for the first time. Oh, he did, man. And he just reinvented the whole Cosmic uh, Marvel. You know what I'm saying? So I mean I I'm very I'm very very happy that Richard Ryder is coming back. I mean I had nothing against Sam, you know he filled in his shoes, but it would be cool to have both of them. You gotta understand Nova is like the Green Lanterns. Of oh yeah, for sure. Can yeah, I kinda, police? Can I kind of? Yes, can, huh? Yeah, I'm so, let me see what update. The Yankees, I'm a Yankees fan, unfortunately. They actually won a game 3-2 against the Giants. So I'm sorry about oh, that. Interruption, Amos. Oh, man. Hey, I got to tell you, you said you're excited for Richard Ryder, the original Nova coming back. I'm going to spin yep. out of that. You know who I'm excited to see coming back? Boom! To quote my former co-host, Agassicle Stamis. The Odin son is returning, and I am very excited to see that Jason Aaron, Oliver Koipel, who brought Thor back into the mainstream in the uh, latter half of the 2000s, man. They're bringing back Odin son. Yeah, I also want to check that book out because I'll pick up Mighty Thor, and he's writing both books. Yeah. You know, Mighty Thor and The Unworthy Thor. Um, and I'm I'm kind of interested. In, I like I like um Copiel's art, man. I love it. It's really man, pretty. Jason, it really is, man. Jason Aaron, right now, he's on top of the game. He's writing some excellent work, man. That, Even for Doctor Strange. Oh my God, like Doctor Strange. That's the best run. Not that I've read a ton of Doctor Strange, but his runs epic, man. Right now with the uh, Last Days of Magic and the Imperial Empirical and all that stuff, right now. Yeah, I and mean, I'm really enjoying his work. And I, like, I totally agree with you too. Unworthy, the unworthy Thor. Yeah, is one of the books I also want to pick up. You know what caught my eye? He's reaching for Ultimate Thor's hammer. Right, right, that's, right. That's, that's pretty cool. cool. And another book that I'm really um is I'm really stoked about is Amazing Spider-Man: Renew Your Vows. Me too. That's the one that really stuck out to me. And the reason why, because in Secret Wars, man, that was one of the Marvel's top sellers, man. And I really, really enjoyed that story. 
You know, it it kind of was a what if Peter and Mary Jane had their daughter and she inherited his powers, man. And, you know, back in the day, she really was pregnant, man. And they kind of retconned that. Yeah. And, you know, and I, as a fan, I was pissed. That was doing the whole clone saga thing. I just, I'm excited about this, man. It's so weird because, like, right before I went on vacation, you and I were talking about how much we love that title, how we like the older Peter Parker dealing with married life, all this stuff, how we yeah. relate to it, I guess, as older adults now. We've kind of grew up with that character like so many other people have across across the world. And to see him getting back to that point is just, it was like, wow, it's like, I wanted this to happen, and it happened. That rarely happens in fandom. I mean, that happened last year with the Panthers. You know, I wanted them to go to the Super Bowl. They did, but that doesn't happen much. But how does he get to this point, do you think? How does he get to Parker Industries to back to where he's at now? That's to renew your vows? Yeah, or going to be where he's going to be. Yeah, how in the hell, man? I mean, I might do a speculation here. I'm kind of probably speculating right here. It might be a different, different um, reality, probably. You know, I don't know how can you go back from doing Parker Industries and going back to this. But Amazing Spider Man, Amazing is not in this lineup. There's no just Amazing Spider Man. This is the only Peter Parker Spider Man book in this solicitation. It is. It really is. Because all the Spider, um, Spider-Man title, me related characters, still have their ongoing series. Yeah. And you're right. And the major Spider-Man is nowhere on there. <laughs> it's just renew your vows. You're right about that. You know. Mm-hmm. And also, it's another. It's another, another book. A Spider Spider-Man related title is Conspiracy. I mean, the Clone Conspiracy. Which I guess it's written by Dan, Dan Slott. He's also the writer for that. Yeah, and I guess that's uh, what well, that's gonna be the whole dead no more thing, right? Right, yeah. right. The dead no more. Maybe there's something to do with the clone conspiracy tying in. Maybe this renew your vow Spider Man was a clone, dude, of Peter Parker. Hey, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Hey, maybe Ben Riley might be back. Who knows? What if the Parker Industries clone was a clone? That Peter Parker was it was the clone. And the real yeah, you know, yeah. Spider-Man was out there the whole time just living as, you know, the husband and the father and all that, man. You know what yeah, would be really would be good? crazy. I know I'm geeking out here a little bit, but I think what would be really cool, I know this would be harder to do, but Dan Slott did this whole story, so it really would be going, you know, a whole 360 degrees here is when they did the whole brand new day thing, when they uh, retconned it all, and he gave up being married to Mary Jane to save Uncle, uh, to save uh, Aunt May. Aunt May. Aunt May. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe he's offered an out of that, and it has something to do with clones. Or I'm not a storyteller like Dan Slott, but I mean, he could figure something like that out. Yeah, he really. I think. I think he can. You know, he's been writing Spider Man for a long time now. Yeah, man, it's going on since Civil War One. He took over post Brand New Day was right after Civil War One back in '07. Yeah, so dude's been writing a long time, so he knows his Spider-Man um, mythos. It's, you know, he knows what's going on. So it's in good hands. I mean, I mean, I'm going to pick it up. 
Oh yeah, I am too. What when you were looking through this catalog, these solicits, what was one thing where you were like, WTF, why are they doing this? Why the hell are you doing this? Why are you hurting my pockets? I don't want to pick it up. First wow. of all, I was looking at Cage, the one, the guy who created Dexter Laboratory. Yeah. He's the artist and writer. I said, why the hell you want to do that? Wait, oh, not Power Man and Iron Fist. No, That's Cage with an exclamation point. <laughs> all right, hold on. I'm looking. Which you know they're going to be pushing Luke Cage big because he's got, and we're going to talk about this later, but he's got the Netflix right. series coming out. That's so, right. He has a Netflix series coming out. So Luke Cage is getting two books, huh, pretty much, or a book and a half. Book and a half. So, And also, Iron Fist is getting another book. Oh, wow. Was he in here? I didn't even notice that. Yeah. That's crazy. He's in there. Yeah. He's in there. I know David. So, Brad. Yeah. So, Brad, um, so which titles are you going to drop that you okay. think you're going to drop when this wow. whole thing comes out? That's tough, man. I mean, I'm in the process. I mean, to be dead honest with you, to be 100 with you, I always cut back my comic books like during football season. I just I go back to work. I get caught up in football. I'm just a junkie with that. But I always keep, you know, my core titles like my Batmans, my Spider-Mans, my Supermans, stuff like that. So this is actually a good time for me to drop some titles. I, the Iron Man stuff's what's going on for me. I buy two Iron Man books. I buy International. I buy Invincible. I'm not getting the Infamous, and I'm not going to get Rary Williams. And it has nothing to do with Rary Williams. I read Iron Man for Tony Stark. I yeah, mean, I understand that. I understand that. 100%. That's where, that's where I'm going to drop off. You know where else I think I'm going to drop off? And it pains me to say this. Uh, I, I love this character to death, but it's just like I read it every month and I'm like, am I reading this just because I like this character or am I reading this because it's a story that I enjoy? And I think I'm reading it just because I like the character instead of being a story I really enjoy. And that is Spider-Gwen. And it's written by Jason Latour, who's from Charlotte, who I, I love to death. He's just a nice guy. Panthers fan, by the way. I didn't know he was from um, Charlotte. Yeah, he's from here, man. So that uh, he, he's a he's a good guy. He writes uh, or he does the art for Southern Bastards. Jason Aaron writes that. But man, every time I read Spider Gwen, I'm like, this just I'm reading it because it's Gwen. I, I love Gwen to death, but I'm like, this just ain't a a, a book for me. It's, it's it's almost a little too hipster. I mean, that's a book for somebody, and I'm so glad it's out there, and I'm so glad people like it. I don't know if it's for me, man. You get where I'm coming from with that? I get where you're coming from, but hold on for Spider-Gwen because I was looking through the pages. Is Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen kissing. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I want to so, see what happens with that because I, I don't feel that way with Miles. I mean, because they, they've aged Miles up. Miles definitely ain't like a, a hipster book for sure, you know. He's not because he's, he's, what, 16? 16 yeah, or 17. 16. Yeah. Because yeah, he started off being 13, right? 14? Yeah, and I've been reading that book for a I mean, I, I love Gwen forever, but I've been reading that book for a lot longer than I have Spider Gwen. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been reading, yeah, Miles Morales for a while too, and Spider Gwen just recently. After the Spider Verse thing, I started reading it, but it's to the point with Spider Gwen. Sometimes the story, I don't know, man, it haven't hit its stride yet to, for me, honestly. It seems like ever since they rebooted, when they renumbered it, it's like this second volume of it just has not been up to par with the first volume. It's not been bad, but man, with my with Miles, I, I'm kind of Miles Morales Spider Man, which is now just Spider Man. Yeah, I, there's parts of that book that I freaking love, but I'll give you an example of something that I, I guess it's because I'm just getting the old man like get off my lawn, Spider Man, right now. But like Genki. And then the new X-Men guy, Gold Balls. Have you read that one where Gold Balls comes to their school and he's their roommate or whatever? And he's all geeking out and saying, Miles, Miles, that's Gold Balls from the X-Men, yeah. yeah. And it's like... Yeah, and you know what? I read that, and he's talking to Miles, telling your powers. I mean, shut the hell up, man. I mean, Miles Morales don't want you to tell this guy that he's Spider-Man. You know, and that right there, that type of writing, man, we really don't need to be written like that. I hated you that. Know? I'm like, I didn't like man, that. Why am I, I, I really, because it was like, it wasn't like this was two pages. I mean, of a 22, 27 page comic, what was this, eight pages? Yeah, it was eight pages. It was not, it was eight pages, man. And I'm like, you're having eight pages of why you should basically out your best friend as a superhero to somebody you don't even know. And this ain't like you're out naming the Wolverine or Cyclops or Jean Grey. This is gold balls here. Gold balls. Really, I mean, man. That's the, the name, right? Gold the balls. Name, the name <laughs> says... <laughs> It sounds like an adult movie star, but like, or some kind of award <laughs> that one of them would win or something. But like, it could be like an Austin Powers um villain, man. Gold. It does. It does. <laughs> like, uh, it really does, man. It really does. But I, I don't know, man. I just, and that's what I'm like reading Miles. Like, I'm like, I spent four bucks on this, and I'm like, man. I, I question sometimes, should I spend as much money as I do on comics? So I tend to cut back this time of year. But I think I'm on – Miles is somebody I'm so vested in. I'm following his story to the end, which hopefully there's not an end for him. I don't think it's not going to be an end for him. I mean, he's a popular character right now. Yeah. And, uh, it's not going to be an end for him whatsoever. And uh, also – I was thinking about picking up Thanos. There's a lot of villain villain titles, man, here. Yeah, yeah. I have noticed that, too. Bullseye, Kingpin. I mean, what? Really, man? Do I really want to read those books? Does Bullseye need his own book? No, he doesn't need his own book. Does Kingpin need his own book? No. It's about him eating, like, he's planning his meals and... I don't know, busting somebody's head with a uh, cane. I don't know, man. Can I I go? I'm going to go on a quick anecdote here. All right. Have you you watched the Spider Man animated series, right? Which one? The 90s? The 90s, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. All right. Do you remember? uh, So Kingpin was like the villain on that show, right? Everything kind of ran through him. And, like, there was an episode, I, I have no idea what episode it is, maybe you can find it online, this clip, but it's, like, the origin of Kingpin, 
and it's like why he was uh, basically a bad dude. You know, like you have the Daredevil origin. It's like on the Netflix show. It's like holy crap, this is legit. His dad like killed somebody. Like, but in the cartoon, it was that uh, he ate all the ice cream out of an ice cream vendor, and he fell down after he ate the ice cream, and some guys were calling him fat. So then he became a kingpin of crime. <laughs> I'm like that's, you know the, that's a Saturday morning. That's a Saturday morning cartoon, Brad. Come that's on, what Brad. I want to see. No, that's what I want to see. That in the Kingpin comic, like cheesy crap like that. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, I was noticing that all the, the villain uh, comic books, the number ones and everything, Kingpin, Bullseye, and Thanos. Now Thanos is the Mad Titan man. He always searching for power. And I think this book right here, I think he is searching for the Phoenix Force. Oh, he has, he's has. he getting the Phoenix Force? I think he might. That's some speculation. I mean, he, I mean, he might be looking for the Phoenix Force, you know. And because um, you can see in the picture, his eyes are like fiery, like burning. You know, hey, that's another you? cosmic power that's out there that he has not obtained. Let me ask you a question. Did you read the Kingpin miniseries a couple years ago? It was written by Jason Aaron, I think. Oh, yeah, I read that. I actually kind of like that. A lot of people like pan that series. But, I mean, I think I could read a Thanos book, but I just – that was like his life's timetable pretty much. I don't know if I can just – read, you know, 12 issues of Thanos just cracking skulls. Like, I feel like that may get a little repetitive. But the thing is about Thanos is this is a cosmic marvel, man. Marvel cosmic, whatever you want to say. Yeah. He's going to run past. He's going to come across everyone. So he's going to come across the Guardian of the Galaxy. I guarantee you that. Yeah. He might come across the Shi'ar Empire, the Scrolls. I mean, it's, it's a big universe. So he might be cracking skulls, but at the same time, he's going to have a lot of conflict with some of the heroes. So you could expect that. So, I mean, this, I mean, I'm going to get the first book and I'm going to see where it leads to the second. But if it doesn't lead anything I really want to read, I'm going to drop it. Well, man, the book um, that I was like, what the hell were they thinking? My, like, come on, man, was uh, Great Lake Avengers. Like, now, stop it. Stop right there. Pump your brakes. All right, I'm going to pump, pump my brakes. Tell me why I should pump my brakes, Amos. Great Lake Avengers, man. What Squirrel Girl started. Okay. Yeah. She was part of the team. Mm-hmm. And I think and Deadpool also had interaction with the team also because I think he dated Big Bertha. Right. <laughs> so a couple of times. But – I'm going to pick up the first title, man. Um, I read the, the story behind it and everything, and I'm, I'm going to read the first title. I need some book that's funny. I need something because it seems it seems going to be it's going to be kind of funny to me, man. So I need I want to pick it up. You know, Deadpool is not doing it for me right these these days. You know, I don't I, don't, I really don't want to pick up Deadpool. I really want to drop it. But I think I'm not. I'm too. See, it's like no, no. It's like me with Spider Gwen. You're reading it because you love the character, not the story. Right. And uh, but the Great Lake Avengers, man. I'm going. I'm going to pick that up. I'm going to give it a try. You know, like I said, um, I need something comedic. 
Let me ask you about uh, two other titles that are like out of left field. And I don't even know these writers. One is Max Bemis writing Fool Killer, who looks like a mix of Deathstroke and Deadpool. And then Slapstick, number one, written by Riley Brown and Fred Lynn. And Solo is out of the book. Yeah, what the and hell so- are these books, man? Now, I want you to listen to me about okay. Solo. Solo, okay. uh, my first introduction to Solo was back in, ni- in the 90s. Star Wars. He was in a Spider-Man. Spider-Man um, book. Huh, this and is Han Solo, Solo, right? <laughs> no, I'm just now that I would read if it was Han Solo. Now go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, no, I pick up Han Solo. I got the issue too. I haven't read. It. I haven't read it yet. But back to Solo. Solo was like a mercenary man back in one of the Spider-Man titles, back in the '90s, right? Okay. And his he was just like a mercenary. He had his teleportation powers, whatever, and I mean, in Fool Killer, now I read Fool Killer, it was a Max series. You know, Max, Max series is more violent, more, it's more mature yeah. and everything. And I, that's how I know Fool Killer. But man, I'm just looking at these titles, like you said, man. These, t- these characters is off the wall characters, like Slapstick. Who the hell want to read a Slapstick? I don't want to read it. Man, I don't want to pick it up. Marvel must think I'm a fool if they think I'm going to buy half these damn books. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they could go on kiss my grits on some of these books. Like, I, I'm really, telling man. you, I'm looking at this front page. They have a checklist. I'm gonna tell you the ones that I'm gonna get. Okay, I mean, it's not gonna be uh-huh. many, so this ain't gonna take too much time. Um, <laughs> I've already dropped off Captain America after the whole damn Hydra thing. Maybe I'll continue to pick it up. We'll see. I doubt it. Black Panther. Man, Brian still freezes leaving, but I'll probably still stay on Black Panther. I'm going to still stay on Doctor Strange for sure. I'm not picking up the other Doctor Strange book. Doctor Strange don't need two books just because he's going to have a movie, man. But that's how Marvel does things. It's too much of a good thing, man. They milk the good. They milk the. They milk the character, man. You know, they want to push the character out there. You know, fans and once these fans want to pick it up, you know. Uh, Jessica Jones. I really would like to pick that up. I'm not picking that up. All right, the Mighty Thor. I'm gonna continue to pick that up. And you see, there's not many. I'm dropping Spider Gwen. I'm gonna stay on Miles Morales's book. I'm gonna get Renew Your Vows. Um, and Unworthy Thor, but that's it, man. Like, I'm going to be getting one, two, three, four, five books. Renew Your Vows, no, six books. Renew Your Vows, Black Panther, Jessica Jones, Mighty Thor, Unworthy Thor, and Spider-Man, Miles Spider-Man. So here's what Marvel doesn't realize every time they do this rebooting. I get that number one, this is me getting serious for a minute, which I don't do much. I get these number ones sell a lot of money and good for them. I mean, this is capitalism. I'm all for that. USA, USA. Right. (laughs) Some politicians would say in the acceptance speech. But it's also, even though you got these number ones, and that's great for uh, your business, it's also a time for the people who buy comics all the time, like you and I, to drop books. And the comic 
the comics industry doesn't rely to keep itself going. It relies on its base. They want to grow the base, but they have to keep the base. Those guys and gals that go in every Wednesday or every other Wednesday or get their shipment at the end of the month from wherever, those are the people that butter the bread of the big two, Marvel and DC. And I feel like they're starting to alienate those people a little bit in order to bring in new audiences for a temporary time period. Because you and I, guess what? We're probably always going to read Spider-Man. The person that comes in to buy Jessica Jones just because they like the Netflix Jessica Jones show, do you think they're going to be reading Marvel Comics 10 years from now, five years from now? Marvel hopes no. so, but probably I don't not. think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I'm also going to probably pick up Occupy Avengers, too. That'll probably be the other one i pick up. So I'm going to pick up another one. So that's your pickup list. That's my pickup yeah. list from, from these. And most of them, man, if you, you know, are, I'll probably Black Widow. I, I missed that one. But most of these are continuing. Yeah, I totally agree. And like I said, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I'm going to uh, pick okay. up and what All I'm right. going to keep. Like I said, Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, I'm definitely picking up. Black Panther, I'm still pick that up. It's an ongoing series. Black Widow, I'm still going to pick up. Also, I'm gonna get the Clone Conspiracy. I'm gonna give that a shot. And uh, like I said, I'm gonna still read Deadpool because I'm so invested in it. And uh, Death of X because I really want to know what happened to Scott Summers. See, man, you, know? you got me. I think I'm gonna pick up Clone Conspiracy too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna pick up Doctor Strange. I'm not gonna pick up the Doctor Strange Sorcerer, Sorcerer Supreme One. I'm not gonna pick that up. <laughs> one book is one. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even need one book, one Doctor Strange. And the Mighty Thor, of course, I'm going to pick up Unworthy Thor. You know, they're going to go hand in hand, as you can tell, because it's written by the same guy. So, you know, they're going to have a crossover. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, to, I'm going to pick up Nova. I got to get Nova, man. I got to pick up Nova. And I'm going to pick up Spider-Man, Miles Morales. I'm going to get Spider-Gwen for that story arc. I'm, I'm, I'm out of there, man. Drop it after that. I'm thinking I'm going to drop it after that. I'm going to be done with it. Um, then I'm going to get Thanos. Mm-hmm. The unbelievable Gwenpool. I mean, that's all I'm going. I'm still going to read that. And that's about it, man. And that's all the books. I'm just going to just pick, I mean, keep reading. And not, I mean, just, I'm only going to pick up a few of the number ones. And Nova. You're going to get Nova. That's not and Nova. The Nova is number one. And the Thanos is number one. And Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows is number one. But everything else is on, is ongoing in an unworthy Thor. Here, here's, that's it. Here's where Marvel's brilliant, Amos, is without coming out and saying it, their books are shipping twice monthly at $3.99. Not $2.99 yep. like DC, because think about it. Doctor Strange, twice a month. Two different titles, but twice a month. You mentioned Thor. Unworthy Thor, Mighty Thor. You just said, same writer. Those are going to be complimentary books. That book's going to yep. cross over a shit ton. So That's right. Without saying, we're shipping twice a month, they're shipping twice a month. They're almost being a little deceitful. I mean, it's smart business practice. I mean, how does that make you feel? That at least DC's being honest with you and saying, 
we're shipping twice a month at two ninety nine, where I just feel like they're just slipping it in here. Yeah, they're gonna slide it in there, man, without you knowing. <laughs> yeah. They are, yeah. man. Yeah, unwillingly knowing that they slide it in there, man. Slick too. But uh, I get what you're saying. Uh, twice a month, you know, DC said they're going to give you twice a month. They tell you. And Marvel kind of slick with it. You two Thors, two Doctor Strange, you know, and twice well, a month. Two Spider Man. And two Spider Man. Yeah, you're right. And twice a month. So, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Two, two Hawkeye. あ、こちらビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシュ。ビッシ
you know, and I sometimes I, I don't go into like I haven't been in about two weeks and I'm kind of needing to go get my books. But I'm not trying to get to that point that I don't pick up my books on a regular basis, man, because if I don't, that stuff accumulates. And I have yeah. other stuff I got to do with my money. Like you said, I got to take care of my, my, my uh, car note, telephone bill, yeah. mortgage, everything else. And me reading my books and spending money on my comic books, man, that's my leisure time and I enjoy it. But at the expense of me going broke, I would not, I would drop so many damn titles in a heartbeat. Well, let me ask you, know, you this. I, I read three or four, I read four books. Let me ask you this, man. All right, you go, let's just use an example. Let's use Bendis Spider Man right now, Miles Spider Man. All, right. All right, you sit, you get that book, you sit down to read it, it's four bucks. Sometimes it could be five bucks if it's a longer edition of the book, or maybe you even got an annual where it's six bucks. Who knows? Six let's, bucks. Let's say it's four bucks. Like how long when you sit down, how long does it take you to read that book? Five, ten minutes? Yeah, it don't take that long. It's like you just paid four bucks for five minutes. Yeah, you could go to a thrift shop or a book, get a novel for four bucks, and it's like three hundred pages or something like that. Yeah, are you read like a, a like I, I like I love Star Wars, and I know you love Star Wars too. And like yeah. I read, like I'm reading Dark Plagueis right now. It's like a four hundred something page book. It's a great book. I paid eight bucks for that book. I've been reading it over a month, man. And I'm like, should I do? Just do more of that. I'm not saying give up on geek culture. It's just comics is kind of taking a weird turn. I know we're getting like very inside baseball here, but it felt like when you and I first got into this and maybe you got it, I got into this in about 2005, 2004. Oh yeah, I was in it way before that. Yeah, I, I didn't really get into it until House of M started. So you were into it before that. So oh yeah, really, way in it before that. You'll even relate to this more, but it felt like the books were written and the movies borrowed for the from the books. Now it feels like the books the borrowed books from the borrowed movies. movies. Yeah, and vice versa. I understand what you're saying. I don't like yeah. that, man. It's like because it's not it's it's stifling ideas. That is true. That's true. So what you think they need to do then? If you just type an idea, what you think they need to go back to just writing comics for comics and not writing comics from movies or TV shows? Yeah, I think they need to go back to more writing comics for comics and giving creators more freedom. Because I was talking to Jonathan Hickman at Heroes Con three, two, whenever you remember Infinity, the big Thanos story. Yeah, who that was a long, That was a big payoff, wasn't it, for sequel wars? Um, yeah, that was two years ago, two, three years ago. Sorry, three, three years maybe ago. three years ago. Hickman was at Heroes Con. I was talking to Hickman, and I was like, "Let me ask you something." I said, "You know, you're the main Avengers writer right now." I was like, "Did they come to you?" This was after Disney had bought Marvel. I said, "Did they come to you, anybody from the top down, and say, hey we want you to write a Thanos book because that Thanos is going to be a big character in our movies. Cause remember they were building at the end of Avengers and everybody knew he was going to be the big bad whatnot. And he said, you yeah. know what, man, he said to be honest with you, they come to me and they don't say what type of Thanos story, but they tell me I have to write a Thanos story. 
because that's what needs to be pushed right now. Now, whether he was being honest, I'm just taking the man at his word. Uh, but that I don't like that. Like, I would rather Hickman be able to do what Hickman wants to do instead of being said, hey, you write this because it's going to be in a movie in five years. Right, right. Yeah, I met Jonathan Hickman before. Matter of fact, I had a beard with Jonathan Hickman, man. That's cool. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a good guy, man. And um, he's a smart yeah, I see guy. What you're he is. He is a smart guy, man. Uh, he wasn't there. He was in the Heroes Con this year. He missed yeah. this year. Uh, but I see what you're saying, man. And I, I kind of agree with you that they are going in a weird turn, man, as far as getting their ideas from the movies and bringing them to the comic book, man. And I think we were pointing this out a long time, the last podcast, that like Agent Coulson was yeah. strictly for the movie. And when he died, whatever, they introduced him in Incredible Hulk. No, the Indestructible Hulk, written by Jason Aaron. Yeah. And it brought him in. I mean, they did the complete opposite, man. It usually would be like, you did Mark, did Mark huh? Wade or did Mark Wade write Indestructible Hulk? I can't remember. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Jason Aaron did it. Then Mark Wade right behind him. Okay. Because okay. Bagley did with um, wrote me drawn with Mark Wade too. They both Mark and Mark <laughs> again. And um, but like I said, is that they're um, using characters from movies and television shows and put them in the damn comic book, man. I get it, man. You want to do cross-pollination and you want to bring characters from different mediums and put them in. I, I get it. But at, at what expense, though? I I mean, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. I think, and I've said this, I don't mean to be doom and gloom. Like, I'm not trying to create a, a, a negative picture on the world of comics because, like, at the end, uh, and this could, maybe this could be, you know, both, you know, foreboding here, but last month was the biggest month for comic sales in 20 years. When was the last time we had comic book sales this big? It was in the 90s, right before the comics bubble burst and Marvel went bankrupt. Obviously, Disney ain't yeah. gonna go bankrupt. They ain't gotta worry about that. It would take like screw up after screw up after like 10 million screw ups for that to happen. But not gonna I'm, happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen, but I'm wondering if we're getting to a point that the superhero bubble's going to burst if they keep doing stuff like that. Not that people like me and you won't still care about these characters, because we're probably always going to read. We're always going to watch. But, you know, everywhere you go, you see superhero pops, super, you see comics, you see superhero t-shirts, toys, whatever. Superheroes have never been bigger than they are now. I'm not talking about comics. I'm talking about superheroes, movies, TV, cartoons. Merchandising, everything. Yeah, merchandising. You go in a damn books a million, they got more superhero stuff than they do like actual books. It feels like, I know that's not the truth, but it feels like, I'm just wondering if we're getting too much of a good thing. We don't need two Iron Man books. I I, I just don't don't think you really do. Every member of the Guardians of the Galaxy don't need their own book. Maybe, you know, Star-Lord does, you know? Every X-Man back in the day didn't get their own book, man. I mean, I know they milked the X-Man heavy, but, I mean, it wasn't like they were given – like nowadays, they would give Gold Balls his own book if the X Men. 
Yeah, but Wolverine was the only one getting a solo book. Then you had miniseries for X-Men. You know, Storm had a miniseries. Gambit yeah. had a miniseries. Now, I could get the miniseries bit, the thing, but, you know, solo books, now. But, Brad, now, since we talked about um, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, yeah. now, I know in San Diego Comic-Con, they announced more of the Netflix titles, man, the Marvel titles. Yeah. So... So you, which title did you really were really excited about, man, when they announced the um, titles? Man, well, you know, I knew Luke Cage was coming. And, like, they had shown That's... Luke Cage at the end of Daredevil Season 2. There was a trailer for it. Um, or right around after I watched Daredevil Season 2. So, like, I mean, I, I, I'm going to take Luke Cage out of it. I was already excited for that. This just, it didn't get me any more excited or any less excited. I'm still going to watch Luke Cage. I'm going to watch all of these. Man, when I saw uh, Iron Fist, I was like, this is going to be something pretty damn cool. And it was the guy that plays the, the, the game. Game of Thrones. Uh, Loris Tyrell on Game of Thrones. Yeah, Marjorie's Game of Thrones. brother. I can't. I don't know the actor's name, but man, he didn't look anything like Loris Tyrell. I mean, in this preview, I'm like, this is gonna be pretty badass. And people got kind of mad. They're like, why is this white guy do playing a kung fu character? Well, if you don't know the story of Iron Fist, man, I mean, it kind of is this story of how this privileged white guy has to be basically broken down and basically humbled. In the arts and coming through, this ain't really whitewashing here. It was really not. And if you know the history of Iron Fist, you know he his dad was a um, uh, industrialist or something, and his family crashed or whatever. And you know it's kind of crazy how Marvel do their archetype of their characters. Um, either they're rich, um, Tony Stark, Danny Rand, um, who else? Um, some other characters, but. Oh, um, Doctor Strange, the Doctor. You know they break them down, and break them down, and build them back up. You know, and when I saw the trailer for Iron Fist, man, I was like, "Wow, this is this is gonna be pretty good." I'm hoping that they use some of the elements from the Matt Fraction Air Brubaker run. I'm sure they will. That's like the definitive run. Man, I love that run, man. That run was excellent. I love that run. I mean, Brubaker and Fraction work together. I mean, I, I want them to do it again. I want them to get back on it and write an Iron Fist again, you know. But when I saw Luke Cage, I'm ready to see Luke Cage myself. But when they start playing Old Dirty Bastard, Old Baby, I Like You Raw, and the trailer um, for the Comic-Con, I'm like, damn, man, this is, this is crazy. I haven't heard an ODB song in a while, man. It was. I mean, yeah, it, looks, it looks legit, man. It's gonna. Marvel can touch a turd and it turns to gold. Like, I mean, it's just whatever. Like, I, I'm sitting here crapping on Great Lake Avengers, but if they made a Netflix show about it, it would probably be fantastic. Yeah, right? Yeah, so, I mean, Iron Fist and this. I know they announced season three of Daredevil, which we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, but this, I guess they'll start filming that soon. They done with um, the um, the Defenders. Yeah, that was cool. So, I mean, we knew Defenders was coming. 
But like when they have they play in the Nirvana song and it's kind of showing the the logos of the characters, but then you hear Stick talking to yeah. him. He's like, "So you think you can save this city?" I'm like, "Oh man, you got me already!" Like, right? Yeah. So when they play Nirvana, man, I had that kind of some chill bumps. Like, wow! And and they start ripping the pages of each character. You yeah, know, from the newspaper and stuff. I'm like, man, this man, they can't go wrong with this, man. I hope not, but they can't go wrong with this, man. No, nah, I'm so, excited. I mean, I agree. So mine's Iron Fist. I mean, obviously, the Defenders goes without saying. I mean, I'm like equally excited for all of them. They do another season of Jessica Jones. I'm excited about that. And the Punisher too, because they green lit that. They green lit that also. Yeah. The Punisher, um, um pilot, whatever. So yeah. yeah, I'm really stoked about that too. And another thing, what you did what did you think about the um the announcement of the Batman, Batwoman, Oracle, uh Superman, and Constantine might end up joining the CW. Man, I know I yeah. got you I got your text on that, so I started looking up stuff. Like, and I saw that, like, there were characters that may join. There was a lot of stuff, like, about Batwoman, especially maybe being on Supergirl. But, like, and I know Superman is going to be on Supergirl. Like, they cast the guy and everything. But, like, is there anything concrete about Batman? Because, like, I've just always heard that it was Warner Brothers, like, cardinal rule is to never do another Batman TV show. After Adam West did in the 60s, right? Yeah, because David Goyer, who wrote, uh, who helped Nolan write the Batman movies and who helped write <laughs> Man of Steel and who helped write all these other abominations like BB. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, you know yeah. who David Goyer is. <laughs> but he wrote Smallville. And when he originally pitched Smallville, it wasn't Smallville. It was called Gotham. And it was not the Gotham that we see now. It was the story of a young Batman when he was first starting out. I heard a story about that. And then, I heard about that. And then WB said, no, we'll never let another Batman show be on the air. And they said, it's an automatic cash cow for them at the box office. He's the biggest superhero in America. We're not going to give him away on TV. So I'll see. Now they got the I had to believe it. No, I had to believe it. I had to see it to believe it. Batman. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would too. But the thing is, if they bring it to the, because DC said to themselves they was not gonna be like Marvel. They're not gonna do the shared universe. Yeah. Now I'm just putting. I'm just being. A, I'm being a geek right now. What if they have two separate universes, the multiverse? You know, DC is big with the multi multiverse. You know, the 52 and stuff like that. Maybe that might be a different Batman over here. Different Batman. I mean, I love it. You know, because Flash, Flash made a point in the season that there are 52 Earth. You know, as fans, we know what that means. You know, it's different variations of the heroes, you know? So <laughs> what if they could do something like that? Man, I think that's what they should do. I think that, you know, the TV shows like, Arrow, Flash, all that should be on one of the Earths, and the movies are on another Earth, but they're all part of the multiverses. And as a fanboy like you, I would love to see that. And here's the thing that I that kind of brings me back. I know this is kind of going back. I think it was the first season of The Flash, and you watched The Flash. 
when right. he first goes into Harrison Wells' back room there, and Harrison Wells has that AI that kind of shows the future headlines based on how the headlines change. Yeah, yeah. Is it Gideon? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then Barry Allen walks in, and he's like, who am I? And then Gideon's like, you are Barry Allen, founding member of the Justice, and it just it, it, it cuts off like somebody interrupts him. So it's like there is a Justice League in this universe, and right. you don't have Justice League without the Trinity. So somewhere out there eventually in time, whether we see it or not, I like to think that this Barry Allen's going to meet a Batman somewhere. Now, will we get to see it? I guess we can only hope. But it's uh, well, like, let me ask you a question. This just goes back to our original conversation, talking about Marvel now and comics, what we were just on. These movies are so good. These TV shows are so good on both, well, with the exception of Batman versus Superman. But most of this stuff is awesome. <laughs> I mean, but is, it's all right, but most of the stuff... I mean, like, the CW shows, they can be a little hokey, but they're still awesome. The C, the Netflix shows awesome. The Marvel movies are awesome. I mean, do you even really need to read the comics now or the definitive versions of these characters now on the screen instead of on the page, you think? You really don't really, really do really don't need to read the comic, man. You can just go online and read it and be done with it. Or just you know, watch the, the shows. Watch the Go watch the show. Yeah, I watch the show. Yeah, because but as the true fans of the true purists of you know, of the comics, yeah, yeah we're gonna nitpick every bit of the movies and TV shows because that's how we are. That's who we are. Yeah. You know. So I mean, I see what you're saying, but I'm I'm, I'm one of those like they have problem with Iron Man three when the Mandarin was a freaking actor. And yeah. he was made up, and fans was like, "Oh, yes, that's, that's, he shouldn't have done that." You know what, guys? It's a movie. You know, you read Iron Man many years. You know the Mandarin's men have ten rings. You know this, but you can you can switch it up. You know. But no, Amos, but yeah, I shouldn't, you shouldn't have done that, Amos. I'm just kidding. It is a movie. Uh, but yeah, I just it's like I got to thinking about that. It's like, here recently. Are you really going to read right now? Are you really going to read something in the Flash comic book or a Flash that's so well written that it's going to bring more emotion to the character than Grant Gustin does on the TV show? Because I don't think you are. No. I like Grant, I like Grant Gustin um, as Flash, man. I think he's He's done a hell of a job playing that character, man. Yeah, and too. when they cast the other guy for the Flash, I'm like, oh man, like really? I mean, but you know, you got to watch the movie and see how it turns out, man. You, you can have two Flashes, you know? Yeah. In a movie in the TV show. So, um, back to you, um, Brad. So I know you were telling me about the San Diego Comic Con had these toys and toys figures and everything like that. Which toy um that you were talking about? You said somebody Suicide Squad. They have they got a new Suicide Squad yeah, toy coming out or what? There was yeah, there was a toy that kind of stole the show at San Diego Comic Con. Not because it was, I mean it was a sweet figure. Anybody that don't know anything, Hot Toys is like this upscale toy manufacturer who makes one six scale like Barbie doll uh, size uh, figures with heavy articulation. 
completely licensed and accurate head sculpts. The figures are about two hundred to three hundred dollars a piece. They're insanely yeah. expensive. Yeah, I'm I'm getting one pretty soon. I know exactly what you're talking about. I got an Iron Man Civil War coming okay. to me. Okay, all right. Well, you know what I'm talking about. They're out of Hong Kong and Sideshow sells their stuff in America. Well, there was they had the whole Suicide Squad stuff. You know, you saw Harley and you saw Deadshot, Will Smith, and there were like three Jokers. But one Joker was the Jared Leto Joker in a full Batman outfit with the Batman outfit kind of deformed and spray painted. And people are like, what the hell kind of spoiler is this for Suicide Squad? Is there going to be some scene where Jared Leto Joker, like, has access to the Batcave? Because you've heard the theory that Jared Leto Joker is actually Jason Todd, right? I heard the theory. I don't want to be Jason Todd, but no, I don't want to. No. But some people think that this toy mildly spoiled the how the hell does he get a Batman outfit? They think that this guy's Jason Todd, man. I don't think that, but I think it would be. I don't want to think that, man. I really don't. I want Jason Todd to be Jason Todd, not the damn Joker. Well, he's the well. Spoiler you know? warning, but he he was the Arkham Knight. So, uh, thanks for um, telling me that I haven't beat the game yet, man. You didn't know he was the Arkham Knight. Dude, why are you? I'm playing a game right now. Speaking of. Elon! Dude, I'm still playing Arkham Knight. Why are you spoiling it for me, dude? I'm so sorry. I'm and so I downloaded the DLC, the Jason Todd DLC, too. <laughs> Red Hood. Why, why you do that, man? I'm sorry. I thought you played. Well, I kind of figured it was. I, I kind of figured it would be Jason Todd, but. Yeah. I'm Thanks sorry. a lot, Brad. I'm sorry, Amos never gonna have me back on this podcast again. I'm not hang on my man. I'm gonna ban you for my podcast, man. All my audience out there, he just spoiled it for me. I I'm just playing Arkham Knight. I'm just getting to the game. Oh God. Ah, oh, Brad, oh Brad, oh Brad. They Brad, should rename it, Arkham Knight Ar- the origins of the Batmobile because they make you use that thing to open the damn door and hey, that that, that's giving me a headache, man. I hate that. that crap. Batmobile, man, that Batmobile, man. I, I, I like the um, Rocksteady Batman games, but they could have left the Batmobile as far as the riddles go. Riddle, no, the riddles. Yeah, she left it alone, man. The Batmobile, man. It's, it's the Batmobile. You need to solve with no damn riddle. But, here's but the that's thing. besides the point. Why does Batman need the Batmobile to scale a building? He's Batman. He's going to use yeah, his true. grappling gun. Not get the Batmobile up on the freaking roof. Yeah, you're right, man. I think soon this podcast is over, I'm going to play some more Arkham Knight. Thanks a lot, Brad. I'm sorry. Thanks it's, a lot. It's still awesome. I watched the ending on YouTube. So I heard it was two endings. If you get all the riddles solved and everything. Yeah. And it's the one ending and at the ending. But thanks a lot, Brad. I appreciate it, man. I beat all those games, right? And I bought a PS4 just to play Arkham Knight. And I got 10 hours into it, and I was like, F this crap. This is too much of the Batmobile. And I just went and watched the ending on YouTube. Yeah, I might have to do the same thing too, man. But I'm 65% now on Arkham Knight, so I'm almost done with it. 
I'm so sorry, Amos. Honestly, legit from the bottom of my heart, I hate spoilers. Oh my goodness, man! Spoil it for me, but I kind of figured it was. Oh well. <laughs> so back to the hot toy. So yeah, I mean that, that's pretty much it with the hot toy, but. I mean, there was one thing I just wanted to uh, mention from San Diego Comic-Con, if you don't mind. I want to kind of see what you thought about it. Um, I don't, I, I, I'm pretty sure you're a fan. I know you're a little older, but, man, this Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, they revealed some more photos. They revealed the toys. They revealed the props, some of the helmets and the morphers. Did you see the morphers for the movie yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I mean, I'm I'm older, but it was when I was just getting <laughs> out of school. And my yeah. brother is younger than me. He was in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I have friends that are younger than me are in Mighty Morphin, I mean, in Power Rangers. Yeah. You know, but I, I get it. I get it, but. Brian Cranston said this is going to be as serious as the Dark Knight movies. Like Brian Cranston, get out of here, really? That's, what, that's really? what he said. Brian Cranston, you know Walter White from Breaking Bad, is playing Zordon. For those of you that don't know, and he said this uh, yeah. is dark, gritty. This is grounded. This is going to be the next big science fiction franchise in America and across the world. That's why he took the job. And like the power coins were kind of these, basically look like mushed up crystals, pretty much. And, like, they all had a uniform look. They all had the different colors. But they showed Rita's wand, too. And somebody zoomed in on this photo that came out at Comic-Con or over the week, uh, over the past few days. Inside of Rita's wand at the top is the green power coin. Oh, Tommy. Yeah. We're like, we know where this is going. Maybe the green with evil coming in the sequel. Uh, that's my biggest, like, probably most anticipated movie besides Star Wars Episode uh, 8 of 2017 is that Power Rangers movie. I had no expectations till Brian Cranston said that, but. Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston. <laughs> I just yeah, want to I mean, also tell you, Walter White's Heisenberg, if you didn't know. Yeah. He is. I hope I didn't spoil that one for you either. Yeah, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't finished the season of Breaking Bad either, man. <laughs> but you know he's, he's spoiling a whole lot for me, dude. But you know he's Heisenberg, though. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so have you seen Stranger um, Things yet on Netflix? No, I haven't, man. Everybody's talking about this. I have not watched it yet. Sit in the 80s. I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm going to spoil it for you right now like you've been spoiling it for me. No, no, no. Don't. Don't. I didn't do that on purpose, though. Did you watch Stranger Things already? Yeah, I loved it, man. I'm going, I think I'm going to go ahead and write my blog on it. Uh, yeah. I haven't wrote anything on a blog in a long time. But I'm thinking I'm going to go ahead and write it, write something about it. And uh, I'm going to give a quick thing, a quick synops- not a synopsis, but the feel of the series is that it's of the 80s, like the E.T., Goonies, um, feel good. At the same time, you got your um, the creepiness, uh, like horror in it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it all matched up well, man. It's, it's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's fun to watch. How long are the episodes? Like it, 
it's episodes of the 40 minutes, uh, 50 minutes. It kind of episodes, um, they differentiate a little bit as far as minutes. Are there 13 I think the first episode was 50. 13, huh? 13 episodes? Oh, no, it's short. It's eight. Oh, okay. I, I got to watch. I'm watching this before school starts back. Yeah, you you can watch them within like three days, man. And, you know, two. Well, yeah, I watch it at two, two or three days. I, mean, I don't binge watch like that, man. Yeah, I watch two episodes and I'm done, and I watch two episodes the next day. I don't go through the whole episode in one day. I mean, the whole series in one day. I don't do that. You're lying to me. You like to savor it if it's something good. I like to savor it. Yeah. So, Brad, and all before this podcast is over with. What is your um, last take on Marvel now? Your um, the last take. You think it's going to be good as far as for readers, or you know, is going to be another uh, one of those things like, oh man, not again? <laughs> I think it's one of those not again things. I'm gonna make a bold prediction. Marvel now. All right, Marvel now. Versus DC Rebirth, this is going to be the time for the first time in a long time where DC is going to supplant Marvel as the number one publisher in American comics. Yeah, and it's it's been a while. For been a while, and you're right that Marvel been on top for a while, and and DC been just in the back a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, I, I can see, I can see that, I can see that. And, I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna leave on this note. I think that Marvel now is like Rebirth is gonna sell at the year end. I think this gonna be on top. It's gonna be pretty close, but I think Rebirth is gonna DC Rebirth is gonna sell off the, the top of the game. It's gonna be on top. I do too. I, I think DC that. Rebirth is gonna beat Marvel now. I agree with you. Why did they not name it like Marvel something else? They've already had Marvel now. Yeah, what, two years ago? 2012, I think. Four years ago? Damn. That's when that they long? did uh, Uncanny Avengers for the first oh, time. Okay. Oh, okay. That's that's right. That's right. That's been a long time. All right, cool. But, that's Brad, we're going to wrap it up, man. You know, it's always been be – it's always good to talk to you about comic books, geek stuff, you know, a little bit of politics. It's always fun to talk to you, man. Yeah, same to you, man. It's always fun to spool stuff. I, I'm I hate doing that. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, man, you really hurt my feelings, man. I'm hurt. I'm so hurt. Damn. Damn. So, how can people um, reach you, Brad? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Real Brad Bell. Uh, that's T D R E E L Brad Bell. Uh, I've been kind of going uh, dark on dgww.com and on the epicreview.com other than podcasting. But I've just been, like I said, doing some stuff for the real job. And, man, I just got one thing to say. We're one week away from Panthers training camp. So that's going to take up a lot of my attention, dude. I'm going to go to Fan Fest. I'm going to go down to Spartanburg. See the guys practice. I'm praying everybody stays healthy. You know, we got Kelvin Benjamin hurt last last year. Still went to the Super Bowl, but man, that's like gonna take up most of my time over the next six months. So I'm just excited about that, man. That's cool, man. That's good. 
You know, everybody, you also reach me at just being Amos on Twitter and Instagram. And also, you can also go to my Facebook page on just being Amos. Brad, it's always a pleasure talking to you. You take care and I'm out. Peace. Just being an